Hello and welcome to Nerdy Last Week. I am your host, the short nerdy guy. How we all doing? As always, I, you know, I'm recording this off an iPad and some old Studio Beat headphones, which the ear cushions are starting to the the faux leather is starting to you know crack and fade and stuff like that. So maybe I'll get some new equipment piece by piece. You know, so the show could sound like an actual podcast. Although, what does an actual podcast sound like? Professionally, I guess, what I'm trying to say. Anyways. Um, so, I stayed up until, what, around... I think I fell asleep at one, one fifteen after watching... All of the Karate Kid movies. So then I can go into Cobra Kai understanding everything. Um, One and two are great. Uh, Three. Three. I understand where three was trying to go. And what three was trying to do. And they were doing... Excuse me, sorry. Uh, three was trying to build out more of a, of the characters of this of this universe from the first one. So, so obviously in the first one, it's about it's about building up Danielson. Two is about finding out what Mister Miyagi's life was actually like. Three is about the uh, the. The sensei, the marine guy, uh, from what happened to him after he lost the one karate tournament. Um, but also, three had like the most obnoxious, cheesy, billionaire bad guy that was try it though, you know. It was just, trying to disrupt and be as, you know, be the bad guy and disrupt and, you know, be a very cheesy bad guy. Um, then we get into uh, the next Karate Kid with Hilary Swank and, oh my God, could that one be the worst one? Probably. Because you can tell through each movie what what the uh, what the movie what the directors and the studios thought uh, people should look like in the you know in high school in college and then back to high school with Hillary Swank but my God the the quote unquote fourth one. Um, first of all, two things. One, uh, there's an over-tanned, over-steroid-used, uh, thinking is a pretty boy type of guy, uh, you know, doing, giving some unwanted touching. And then also there's an ex-military guy who, I don't know what he's doing. Is he getting these these kids that want to join his, 
I don't even know if it's a team. I don't even want to say it's a team. I don't even know what it is, really. Is it... I think it was trying to be some, like, ROTC program. But somehow, yet, they were, like, the guard and hall monitor people for the school. And then, like, the good guy that was the love interest for Hillary Swank was also, like, the most jacked, steroid-used person in the world. And we were, you know, supposed to relate to this guy. Uh, it, I don't know. It, it, the fourth one definitely had more of a karate, let's teach you some dope-ass karate built-up montages in the movie than the past three ones because we only get training sequence training montages at the end of the movies but I understand that because Mr. Miyagi is teaching you life lessons through most of the movie until we get to the part where Daniel's son is like actually needs to learn how to get a little bit more fighting in and then kicks the dude's ass so um also um uh yeah, I don't know. It's, I don't know. But now that I've gone through all the movies, I've gone, uh, I started Cobra Kai earlier this morning. Um, I'm only, what, six episodes in of the first season? So I still have two seasons to go. And I'm pretty sure once we get to the third season, uh, they're going to be longer episodes. So, but, uh, now I understand all the references, which makes this a better show and a better experience for me. Yeah. So that's what I did with, you know, my night last night and, you know, this morning. But, let's talk about some other things. Alright. Uh, obviously Star Wars has, uh, talked about doing, uh, you know, the, uh, original, uh, the High Republic. So they're doing a High Republic launch of book, comic book, uh, manga, and I think children's, like young, young adult books, which is crazy because Star Wars apparently has never done a manga before. And so in... The new High Republic, Star Wars is going to have its first Japanese-American uh, manga. Now, eh, eh, I apologize. I don't know where these yawns are coming from. Jeez. But, uh, I think that's pretty exciting. Um, I say Japanese-American because I think that uh, it is going to be made here and not originally made in Japan. Unless I was reading that article wrong and we can go check the interwebs and, you know, make sure I was correct in reading. Uh, let's see here. Hi, Republic... Republic. 
But also, it's cool how they're doing like comic book, regular uh, novel book, uh, manga, and young adult books. So they're not just doing like a novel, and then there you go. No, they're spreading out the story into several just different genres of reading material, which is you know pretty dope. I think is pretty dope. All right, so uh, <laughs> original. Alright, yes, Star Wars announces first ever manga with High Republic. Yes, Skywalker Saga has come to the end. Okay, okay, okay. Think Peak of High Republic. Um. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, let's see here, concept balance, the most mysterious, Star Wars controlled. It is going to be Star Wars lore with a gorgeous cover. Let's see here. Yeah, so... Alright, so it's called Star Wars The New High Republic, The Edge of Balance. Uh, story. And I, I can't even try to say these names. Uh, one of the names. No, I'm not going to even try. Because I will butcher those names. And uh, we don't want that. Uh, but. Yeah, it seems like it's going to be released everywhere. So, that's cool. Uh, but yeah, look out for that. Um, then, uh, Michael Keaton is going to be the Batman for the main DCEU. So essentially what we're going to do, what they're doing is he, uh, Michael Keaton is going to be the focal point for the Flashpoint. So... That Batman's going to be the Doctor Strange, if you will, of the DC Universe. So, that's going to be cool. Um, I don't really... Uh, look, I'm going to give you two different kinds of stories that I normally don't ever talk about right now. Obviously, we know that Logan Paul wants to fight... Uh, oh, Logan Paul has put out a thing saying he wants to fight Chris Hensworth. That's really stupid. Uh, Logan Paul is a very not nice guy and a very he's an asshole, and uh, he just wants tons and tons of money. Which I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but the man is now just taking shots at people so he can you know get ad revenue to have people pay for that boxing match. Then apparently on the same side of being an asshole and not having any real people tell him, uh, tell these people no, uh, Justin Bieber wanted to, wants to fight Tom Cruise, but says it's a joke. It's not a joke. I don't know why, but he does. Uh, let's see here. Transformers, uh, the new animated series, uh, Netflix, is leading into 
Beast Wars. Now, they said that this Beast Wars, uh, it's going to be a little different than what we saw back in the early 90s. But it is going to be Beast Wars. And they're hopefully talking about doing a Beast Wars uh, trilogy in space. But as live action movies with no, apparently with no humans. Um, the, the cartoon didn't have any humans in it. So, I mean, I understand you would think in the original Transformers, yes, they had a side, a human that would teach them things and stuff like that. But if you did a little, a little more research, you would know that Beast Wars didn't have any humans in it. And they were on a completely different planet. They were on Earth, I believe, before even a human was alive. So it was just straight dinosaurs. That's why it was so cool. Um, I mean, the toys are going to be hitting the shelves, uh, I believe. Well, they're hitting Amazon on the 15th of this month. So, does that mean they'll be hitting the stores on that same day? Uh, hopefully. That'd be cool. Because I would not mind getting an Optimus and a Cheetor uh, for my Transformers. Because I was a Beast Wars Transformers fan. I mean, obviously, uh, with now with streaming services and everything, you can go back and watch some of the original stuff. And then you can watch, you know, the other Transformers cartoons. And then you, now you can watch this new one on Netflix. But I was a Beast Wars fan. So, uh, let's get into... Wrestling Corner, ding, ding. Um, let's see here. What are we going to talk about? Uh, oh, apparently, uh, Retribution <laughs> offered Pat McAfee a spot on, on Retribution because he was not getting, he was not going to be put on NXT anymore on camera. Yes, I know he's signed a con apparently he's signed a contract with uh, the WWE, but apparently he is no longer going to be on uh, on camera in WWE. So, I mean, okay, first of all, Retribution is already having problems trying to stay relevant on Raw. Why would you put another guy that has? Really nothing to do with Retribution. Because from what I'm getting, Retribution is full of guys and girls. Guys in Men and women. Sorry. That have, uh, have been ignored. And have been down on their luck. And have not been taken seriously. And so, henceforth, that's why Retribution came around. It's because these people are trying to give... Trying to get Retribution for being mocked or being cast aside or not used as, you know, proper talent. Uh, that's what I'm understanding. And then uh, this podcast that that takes horrible ideas that WWE does and re-imagine re, uh, them. They call it Making Kayfabe. And they took Retribution 
and they reimagined retribution to be some like rage against the machine type of faction where you know you're going against the corporate you're going against you know Vince McMahon and uh, Triple H and all that stuff and you're slowly building up followers to where we get to Survivor Series where it's just basically WWE versus Retribution which is genius because even as you're going to down the road to re- uh, to Survivor Series you're not you don't know who is Retribution and who is WWE because uh, in this iteration Retribution doesn't have like you know well made gear or anything they make their whole they make you know homemade shirts of the Retribution symbol and everything like that and just the idea of having having uh the core group of Retribution starts slowly building followers from the time Retribution starts to the pay-per-view of Survivor Series where now WWE doesn't has this paranoia of is this person in Retribution or is he a WWE guy? Uh, is this person going to turn on me or is he actually my teammate? Which would have made for a way better storyline, the payoff at Survivor Series, because that would actually make the pay-per-view mean what it's promoting. To just have WWE versus Retribution, and to try to figure out who's double-crossing who, who's another, who's like a triple spy, or and all that stuff. It would be just amazing if that's how they used retribution, but they don't. So, uh, let's see here. Uh, oh, uh, CM Punk. Okay, so apparently they were saying that uh, that Shawn Michaels. A lot of people are talking about that Shawn Michaels is like the best uh, in-ring performer, like of all time. And you know, CM Punk had his—he weighed in and he gave his opinion. And uh, not a lot of people, not a, I certainly don't think Shawn Michaels is the best in-ring performer ever. You're, that's no. Now that's just my opinion. Um, if you're listening and a wrestling fan, and you think I'm an idiot, um, continue thinking I'm an idiot because uh, that's my opinion. I believe there are way better wrestlers. Um, in is Shawn Michaels a great wrestler in his time? Of course, yes. But he's not the best wrestler of all time. Uh, Bret Hart was uh, way better than him. Uh, who else? Oh, Stone Cold, The Rock, uh, Kurt Shamrock. Um, I'm trying to think who else. I mean, even nowadays, is uh, you know, just Finn Balor, Adam Cole, 
uh, Roderick Strong. Uh, what? Karrion Cross. Uh, AJ Styles. Uh, Randy Orton. Uh, Becky Lynch. There's uh, some people from Retribution. <laughs> it's just so, I mean, CM Punk was really good. But he never had his actual opportunity to show how good he was. I mean, he did show how good he was when he won the championship title and then left. That was the best. That was one of the great storylines. But apparently WWE uh, never liked CM Punk and no one wants ever to talk about CM Punk. And I believe CM Punk is also on the blacklist. Uh, along with, I believe, the Young Bucks, uh, AEW, Impact Wrestling, um, Chris Benoit, I think, uh, is on like the, be- like the blacklist for the, uh, the Zoom crowd. So, yeah, I don't, again, um, you know, CM Punk is right in a way of, like, making Shawn Michaels, claiming that Shawn Michaels is the best wrestler of all time is, is not, no, he's not the best wrestler of all time. Uh, He's a great wrestler, and he deserves... Uh, the credit where credit is due, but he's not the best wrestler of all time. I'm sorry. So. That. Oh, but also, uh, freaking Finn Balor and uh, O'Reilly's match. Holy crap. With another, like, both, again, went back to the hospital. That's freaking insane. Uh, Finn and AEW... You, you're getting the Bullet Club back together. Amazing. Which, by the way, uh, they made a t-shirt for that. AEW. Which looks really cool. Then somehow, WWE is sending cease desist letters for the too sweet symbol. And I believe because they put it on a t-shirt. I'm pretty sure if my... Wrestling knowledge is correct. Uh, the Bullet Club's Too Sweet was uh, done way before WWE even started doing that. I mean, we can go. Let's let's go to the old internets and see how that works. Because the Bullet Club, I believe, was a New Japan thing, and let's see. Here. When did the full it club start? Okay, here we go. Okay, so the Bullet Club started in 2013. The group formed in May 2013 with Irish, with the Irish uh, with Finn Balor, uh, Prince Devin turned on his partner and together when American wrestlers Kyle Anderson and Togan wrestlers Bad Luck Fate and Tomas Tonga for formed 
a very stable of uh, foreign, foreigners, which with a subsequent name called uh, the Bullet Club. Okay, so the Bullet Club started in 2013. Uh, let's see here. What did uh, the Elite started in 2016? Uh, did let's see here. There's a supposed Bullet Club. Yeah, so it's they're talking about the Bullet Club, and. Yeah, they were sending a cease and desist letter for, uh, because apparently the WWE does not, okay, so right here, uh, let's see here, it says, WWE sends, sends the Young Bucks a cease and desist letter might have been, might have been a work, whatever that means, alright, let's see, the, last night of January 6th, an episode of AEW, Diamond ended with the Young Bucks practicing, uh, participating in a Bullet Club reunion with Kenny Omega, Luke Gallows, and Kyle Anderson. This was an uh, eventful when all five members raised their fingers up for the group's too sweet hand gesture. Excuse me. Uh, 2017, a simple hand gesture was, was at the center of a report that WWE sent a sent Matt and Nick Jackson a cease and desist letter over the usage. Oh, that was in 2017, not just now. Uh, the Young Bucks are consummate consummate pro wrestlers, and so of so of course they capitalize on the situation by making a uh, boatload of money off some pretty sweet. Uh, seasonal Destiny's merchandise. The, I believe they're talking about uh, cease and desist merchandise. Oh, so not only did they get a cease and desist letter for the two suite, but then they made a cease and desist merchandise to make money off of that, which is genius. Uh, let's see. Well, now the Bullet Club seems to be back together and pro wrestling community is reacting. Uh, hopefully... Uh, and a lot of a lot of people are speculating, and that was off of the uh, Subnation uh, CSS uh, uh, cage side seating uh, website. It's it's a website for uh, pro wrestling and MMA fans. Um, yeah. So what? Uh, what fans are trying are predicting now for, you know, hopeful that this will happen is that with Gallows and Anderson being from Impact, uh, Omega and the Young Bucks being from Impact, uh, from AEW, they're hoping that uh, two people from New Japan that were in the uh, Bullet Club would also come over, and they would do that. They would kick down the door of separating. You know, don't separating wrestling promotions and never working together, and I think that's what Impact AEW and New Japan is trying to work towards is a combination of of the three, which would be amazing because then you get a whole bunch of new promotions 
working together and having like new feuds and more competition for each of the belts and just an overall better story arcs uh, through some of the, uh, you know, through some of the wrestling promotions. Not all the time, but when like a pay-per-view would start, like a big pay-per-view, you could have the crossovers come in. I don't know, maybe actually do a actual Survivors. But, you know. Alright, that is going to be it. Um, whew, that was a lot of a, uh, was a lot of wrestling corner, but, um, I am going to now get back to Cobra Kai and see how the rest of this, uh, seasons go. I will get back to you on the next week and let you know how all of it goes and what my initial takeaway from this from this entire Karate Kid uh, universe is. And also, I will tell you, I got this idea because of the guys that Kind of Funny uh, did a Karate Kid uh, in review. So they watched all the Karate Kid movies, and then they reviewed all of Cobra Kai. And the level of hype and passion and excitement for the Karate Kid universe got me as well and that's why I'm on this this path of uh, watching all of this and yeah uh, so far it's great but alright I thank you for listening uh, as always well, wash your hands wear a mask uh, be good to one another um, and I will see you all next week <laughs>